is living and active. It's not something that is dormant, but as we read it and as Rod unpacks it, you speak to us by your spirit, um, speaking directly to our hearts. Um, and we pray that this morning that would happen. Just as he speaks, you would be speaking to us by your spirit, opening up our hearts, open heart surgery, if you like, Lord. Come and do something in us, transform our hearts. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Rod. Thanks, Jane. Um, that, what you've said, um, is, is so relevant to me, actually. Um, are you guys all right around here? I do. <laughs> it's your choice, well, we'll brothers and sisters. <laughs> it's all right. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, Jane, thanks for that. Um, God doesn't require eloquence, but obedience. And I, I think that's absolutely amazing because um, this is a, a message for the moment, as, as James put it. Uh, he loves the alliteration. He told me he did. <laughs> um, and I, I thought, what am I going to preach, preach on, speak on? And God, over the last two weeks, perhaps longer than that, has absolutely shouted at me through different people and events what I should do. So I don't know how eloquent this is going to be, but I'm trying to be obedient, yeah? Will you turn to Acts chapter 19, please? And we'll see where we go from there. Okay, Acts chapter 19. Oh, by the way, you see, there's no PowerPoint. <laughs> None at all. Not, not, even, not even a heading. <laughs> Deliberate, not forgotten, deliberate. Okay, Acts chapter 19. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptised into the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, 
and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all, probably some ladies as well, but about 12 men. Two weeks ago, as part of the uh, strengthening or Sticky Church series, I, I spoke about strengthening foundations and looked at believers' baptism and lead, leading the baptized life and how that played into the, the foundations of the church that were named for us. That was two weeks ago. Last week, James spoke about uh, the community, reaching the community, and, and particularly about the prospect of having our own place to meet. And he mentioned Five Taylor Square, of course. Now today, it's not part of the Sticky Church series, it's not part of any series, it could belong to any series that we did actually. Um, I just wanted to bring this to you. Now, on the day of Pentecost, Peter promised this, repent and be baptised and you will receive the gift of the Spirit, Acts 2.38. Let me say that again. Peter said, repent and be baptised and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Quite a few years later, Paul turns up in Ephesus and he meets this group of people, disciples, Luke calls them, and we'll look at this in a minute, but he asks them a question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Paul's question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Peter's promise, repent, be baptised, and you will receive the gift of the Spirit. What's going on here? What's going on? Well, when Paul arrived at Ephesus, he believed he was meeting a group of believers, Christians. He believed them to be Christians. Now, Luke uses the word disciple. And if you read down, he continues to call them disciples. So Luke understands that this group are Christians followers of Jesus in that sense. So that's what Paul believed. Here's a group of Christians. He talks to them and then there's something happens and he thinks, I need to ask them a question. So why did Paul ask them that question? Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? I wonder what was different about these Ephesian people. I wonder, was it the way they spoke? Was it the way they interacted with Paul? Was it the way that they, they prayed? Was it the way that they talked about their faith? Was it the way they were just together? What was it about them that prompted Paul to ask the question? There are many who believe, and I I think this is probably true, 
that what was missing amongst these people were the gifts of the Spirit. Paul came to a group of people, perhaps he prayed with them, worshipped with them, but there was something missing. And many believe it was an absence of spiritual gifts, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So if the gifts of the Holy Spirit are missing, Paul then says, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? It must be a valid question. Hear what I'm saying here? Paul wouldn't ask a question that made no sense. Paul would ask a question that was relevant. It was valid. It was a real question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? What does that imply? It implies this. He thought, he knew those Ephesian believers should know if they'd received the Spirit. They didn't have to be told, oh, well, you've become a Christian, so you've received the Spirit. They would know without anybody telling them. So it's a valid question. You should know what I'm talking about. It's extremely unlikely. Now, what did they answer? Let me put it this way. They answered, we've not even heard the Holy Spirit. That's That's what it says. But it's extremely unlikely that they had never heard there was a Holy Spirit or the Holy Spirit. Why? Well, because we find out they were baptized into John the Baptist's baptism. What did John the Baptist's baptism point to? Pointed to Jesus. And what did Jesus come to do in terms of John's baptism? John said, I baptize you, but one is coming who is greater than I, He will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. John's baptism pointed to Jesus' baptism, which is in the Spirit. And John the Baptist says, with fire and fire as well. So if they were baptized into John's baptism, they would be baptized into repentance and waiting for the one who would baptize in the spirit it's extremely unlikely they would not have heard of the Holy Spirit they'd only have to look actually at Genesis chapter 1 and see the spirit and yet they say we've not even heard there's a Holy Spirit Now, it's interesting that some translations of the Bible, particularly the Old English Revised Version, 
puts it this way, we've not even heard that the Holy Spirit has been given. And many people believe that is what they mean here. Ah, we know what John's baptism anticipated, but we didn't know it had happened. We didn't know the Holy Spirit had come in that way. Ah, you see, they hadn't entered into, as believers, they hadn't entered into the promise that John the Baptist gave. They hadn't entered into the promise that Jesus gave. They hadn't entered into the promise that Peter gave. And they actually hadn't entered into the promise that their baptism as believers gave. John said, the one coming after me, he'll baptise you in the Spirit. They hadn't got into it. Jesus said, wait. He said this to the apostles, wait. And before many days, you will be baptised in the Spirit. Hadn't entered into it. Peter had said, repent, be baptised, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. They hadn't in experience entered into that. They're plunging into water as believers pointed to their plunging into the Spirit by Jesus. That's complete Christian baptism. And these people hadn't, hadn't entered into it. So, Paul corrected their understanding. He talked about Jesus. He talked about Jesus baptizing them in the Spirit. They were baptized again in water. That's the only account of rebaptism in the in the New Testament. And they received the Spirit and they knew He'd come upon them. How did they know He'd come upon them? They started to speak in tongues and they prophesied. Spiritual gifts. They knew. Now they didn't have to be told they knew because God had met with them powerfully do you know when I was 19 do you know I was 19 once <laughs> That's, that's, most of you were 19 once as well. <laughs> I was 19. Um, I'd, I'd done a year at uni, uni. I wanted to be a maths teacher, and the maths was fine, but other things were not. And I was taking a year out to see what, what I would do. And um, this, was, this was when I was 19. And the minister at Oldborough Baptist Church... He was convinced that God was calling me to the, into the Baptist ministry. I wasn't so sure. 
and uh, because, you know, life was a bit traumatic at that time. And he said, you, I believe God's calling you this way. And uh, I said, yeah, you could be right, but I wasn't so sure. So I put out three fleeces to God. Now, if you want to know what that is, in the Old Testament, Gideon put out the fleece and he said, God, I want the dew to be around it and not on it. And then another time, I want the dew to be on it but not, not around it. And, and that was the sort of fleece. And I, I, I challenged God to do three things. Now, I would not necessarily advise anyone to do that. That is not the sort of spiritual counsel I would give. But I did it. And I put out three, and I wanna, I'm not going to tell you about all three, but I'll tell you about one. <laughs> well, part that to one side, 19. Group of young people, we, we were at Albra Baptist Church. Um, I mean, it was ever so complicated. He, he said, uh, I think you should go into the ministry. But I wasn't even a Baptist at that time. I was still a Methodist. <laughs> Lord, forgive me. But there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, I, well, I really, having had a Methodist and Baptist background, I really have a heart for both, both groups, you know, and a sadness, certainly in, certainly in terms of, say, Methodism. But never mind, that's off the point. Anyway, a group of us like young people, we, we, were, we were reading Acts and we were reading 1 Corinthians. Now, I had a Schofield reference Bible. That dates me. I've still got it sitting on my shelf. A Schofield reference Bible was a Bible with notes, which are fine until you start treating the notes as Scripture. You know, that's not inspired. And the, the Schofield reference Bible told me that the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12 had ceased. That they didn't exist anymore. And it gave all sorts of reasons. Now a group of us young people were looking at the Bible and we read this sort of stuff and we said, that doesn't seem right, does it? And we read the Acts and we saw how the Holy Spirit came upon people and they spoke in tongues and they prophesied and all sorts of things happened. And, you know, as a group of young people, we said, we want it. So my first fleece, and this is the only one I'm going to tell you about, was, God, I want to be filled with the Spirit like they were in the Acts. Problem was, I was going on holiday to Switzerland with some group of friends, some of whom were not Christian, and the date was getting closer, and I was getting desperate, and I thought, if you don't soon do this, God, I'm going to have to wait. I can't, I can't have it while I'm out there with them. <laughs> <laughs> the night before, there's me. I, think, I mean, I became a Christian in bed, but that's another story. The, the night before, there I am, I go to bed, and I, 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 I'm just sitting there, and the Bible's there, and... and uh, I said, God, you better do it now, otherwise I'm done. And I started to speak in tongues, and then I couldn't stop. And my mother, who'd had some experience, had the, the unenviable experience of an, her 19-year-old son 
knocking on her bedroom door, waking her up and saying, Mum, I'm speaking in tongues and I can't stop. (laughs) Absolutely true. But you see, that is what God wanted. And actually, God in his graciousness fulfilled the other two fleeces. And I'm still amazed that he did it. And so we went, I went to Spurgeon's College and uh, lo and behold, there were very few of us who had the same experience and understanding of the Holy Spirit. And we began to meet together. We weren't very wise. We did all sorts of things that were crazy and wrong. And uh, there was great opposition there were people who thought we were possessed by the devil. And it was rough and it was tough and it was glorious and it was wonderful all at the same time. And we learned, learned a lot. In, in the middle of all this somewhere I got married. <laughs> and we, 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 went up, we went up to, to Leicestershire and we began to see the Holy Spirit, uh, we had two churches, and we began to see the Holy Spirit do a very gentle work in one of the churches. I, 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 I still, when I look back at it, I think we didn't know a thing. But the Spirit was at work. And we began to, to sense that there was, there was a new way of, of worshipping and particularly praying at that point and praying not about illness and about people who were sick but praying for ministering to and we began to do that and then God called us to Wickford down in South Essex and the charismatic movement by that time was beginning to to get going and again we saw God move And we began to see that being filled with the Spirit was not just an individual experience, but actually affected the church. It affected the way we worship together. Most most people now would forget that we used to have a hymn and a thing. In fact, it was usually a thing and a hymn, because it started off with the call to worship. Then we sang a hymn. Then I would pray. Then we sang another hymn. Then I would read the Bible. Then we sang another hymn. Then I would preach. No, perhaps read the Bible again. Then how many hymns we got? Usually five. And God began to turn worship upside down. There were new songs. Particularly we began singing the scriptures. And somebody would then say, can I speak in tongues in church? And what happened, we began to see it midweek and it began, came into the Sunday and I'm getting all muddled and it was hairy and it was exciting and there was opposition and there was great things and people resisted it and, and church changed into what we're now familiar with. And it was because God had met us in this way. And then eventually we got called into the new stream of things. 
I might have to say I left on very good terms with the Baptists and I'm still a registered pastor, minister, would you know, but retired. <laughs> hey? <laughs> Don't know the word. <laughs> but on good terms with them and still hear from them. But we went into the new, new church stream of things and then came... Oh, this does date you, doesn't it? Then came the Toronto blessing. Do you know that's 30 years ago, nearly? Where God began to do the most extraordinary thing. Now, most people fix on the excesses, and there were excesses. I have to tell you, I did not ever, 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 never, 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 run round the hall barking like a dog. <laughs> it's the sort of thing that was said. I did once, confession time, get a bucket of water and a mug and dip the mug in the bucket of water and throw it over people. <laughs> And people went down under the power of the Spirit. It was absolutely extraordinary. Why? Because Jesus had said, if anyone is thirsty, come to, let him come to me and drink. Yes, there were excesses. But God did extraordinary things. In the prophetic. In healing. In setting people free in deliverance. And then things moved on, we became, went to another church, we became part of New Frontiers, etc., etc. We made new friends, lots of things. Europe opened up for Heather and me, that was great. Lots of great things happened, and here we are. A friend of ours who's now with Jesus went to Africa to minister and he was out in Africa for 20 years and when he came back he looked at the modern church he looked at us and he said what's happened where has the power of the spirit gone he wasn't talking about the excesses and the bizarre, and the frankly unbiblical. He said, I've been away for 20 years with only fleeting visits. What's happened to the spirit-filled church? It's a question I turn on myself. Because I've talked about the past and it's good to talk and have testimony about the past. But what about testimony about the present? A week ago yesterday, Heather and I were on a, 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 a sort of a European thing. Great. And um, 
someone was asked to speak there called Clive Chernick. I'm not sure how he got on, on to that, but uh, I do know him and I knew the people. Anyway, Clive, Clive was talking about the power of the Spirit. It was great to hear him in that way. And he made the same observation. He said, I was away from the church for 10 years. In, away from the church in UK for 10 years because he was in Dubai. And he said, I came back and I looked at churches and particularly New Frontiers churches. And he said, what happened? Where's the power of the Spirit gone? A challenging questions. I've told you how the Spirit met me. And I think there are some here who perhaps have even more powerful testimonies. But we look at the church and we say, and I don't, I don't just mean us, the church, beyond us. Where has the power of the Spirit gone? Would Paul ask the same question as he asked the people in Ephesus? Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? I think our answer would be different. Yes, we did. And we know it. And Paul then might ask the question that both my friend and Clive, who's also a friend, don't misunderstand that, <laughs> asked. What's happened? What's happened? I think we need to do three simple things. A, B, C. A, admit our need. I need to admit that. We need to admit that. The prophet Habakkuk said, Lord, I've heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your wonderful deeds. Renew them in our day. Too much is in the past and not enough in the present. On Thursday evening, uh, we had a, a European prayer session for uh, churches around the Lighthouse community. Uh, part of New Frontiers. Request from Albania. We need a new move of the Spirit. I thought, yes. Request from Bosnia Herzegovina. We need Jesus to move out into our communities in power. Same thing. Request from Czech Republic. We need a new outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Request from Bucharest, Romania. We need the Holy Spirit to deal 
with divisions and, and problems we have. We need an outpouring of the Spirit. We need to admit our need. Lord, renew your works in our day. Renew us, Lord. Yeah, please God, we need a building. Please God, we need to increase in number. Please God, we need to strengthen foundations. Please God, we need to be a sticky church. Please God, we need that. We need the young people's work to grow and all sorts of stuff. We need all of it, Lord. We need it. We need a... We need a decent structure, please God. But above, below, around, underneath, we need the power of the Spirit. Whatever. Jesus said, without me, you can't do anything. And it's the Holy Spirit that's going to do that. We need to admit our need. We need to be, believe the promise. Look, everyone who's thirsty, said Isaiah, come to the waters and drink. Jesus, reflecting that scripture, said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. As the scripture has said, out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. That was an amazing, amazing word of Jesus. It was on the great day of the feast, and there had been this... this fantastic ceremony of pouring out water they'd gone to the pool of Siloam and they'd filled up these these jugs, jars with water and they'd come back into the temple and they poured the water out and then it was finished and so there was no more water and then Jesus on the great day, probably the next day stood up amongst them and said thirsty? No more water here. Thirsty? Come to me and drink. Come to me and drink. We need to believe the promise. A, B, C. Come. You thirsty? Come. You want a drink? Come. You see the need? Come. Come to Jesus. Come and drink. Jesus says to me and he says to you he says to us come I admit I'm thirsty I admit that once what we had at least in part not totally, not completely there are still some wonderful things around but in part has drained away I believe your promise. 
and I come. I'd like to do that just corporately together. Come. Paul, if you could play very quietly, Spirit of the Living God, fall afresh on us. And let's, um, let's stand. I don't think we don't even need the words. I'd like to invite you to take a posture of receiving from God, however that means for you. That might mean raising your hands, that could mean kneeling on the floor could mean gazing up high into heaven or bowing down on the floor but whatever suits you whatever you're comfortable with as Paul plays to us let's say Lord I admit I need you I believe your promise. And I come to you. Fill me anew, Lord. Fill me anew. Spirit of the Lord, fall afresh on me. Let's sing it together. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me.
a need for a personal renewing, a refreshing, a refilling of the Spirit, why don't you come forward? We can pray for each other. Who's going to be brave enough just to take that first step? Let's just pray for one another. Just sing quietly. as there's so many of us out here let's just place our hands on each other's shoulder and let's ask the Holy Spirit to move around us let's make sure we can do that let's do that and ask for the Holy Spirit to come Spirit of the living God fall afresh on us I pray, Lord God, that now you will move around each person as we are joined together as a body, as members of the body of Christ. Lord, we say to you, we need you. We need you. We're so thankful for the good things that you're doing. We're thank you, thankful for each other. We thank you for the blessing of this fellowship. But Lord, we need you. We need you in so many ways. We need your courage. We need your power. We need you to reveal your glory here. Lord, we need you. We're thirsty. And you have said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And Lord, that's what we do now. We come and drink. And Lord, as we sing this just once more, I pray now that you will meet us by your Holy Spirit right around this this church, right around this people. And that we won't be the same after this. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Spirit of... Just receive a new anointing. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Just move around this this church now, Lord. We love you. We honor you. Oh God. Fill me 
love you, Lord. Let's sing a new song to the Lord. Just tell Jesus that you love him. Vocalize it. Just stay on this note. And all sorts of things can happen. We bless you, Lord. We honor you, Lord. You are glorious. You are glorious. We worship you. We praise you, Lord. Spirit of God, come down. Spirit of God, come down. Holy Spirit, bring glory to Jesus. Just break through. Sometimes it's after 30 seconds you think, I'm going to stop. But actually we need to just break through and then go up and down. Bring a harmony. Lord, we praise you, God. pray that after this we won't be the same people, that Lord you'll gradually work on us and that we'll become the sort of people that you want us to be. Lord one thing I didn't mention this morning was when the spirit moved, he started to sort us out as individuals that isn't always easy but Lord we pray that you will have your way with us, that you'll have your way with us in this fellowship that you'll have your way with us in this community and that Lord we will see your Holy Spirit move for the honour and the glory and the praise and the majesty of Jesus. Because it is Jesus that we love. It is Jesus that we serve. And it is Jesus we long to see glorified in this place.
and God's people shall say, Amen. And they'll say even louder, Amen. many parched lands among us and um, there are many parched lands in this country there are many parched lands overseas and there are many people who actually even this morning are crying out as we are crying out now for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit And I believe that the Lord is promising not to just to us, but to many others in this land and in the lands beyond, that he will pour out his spirit again. And we are just part, going to be part of a big outpouring. Yeah, thank you. So do not fear if you feel parched this morning or if we feel parched as a church, God will come to us and refresh us. So, reminded of uh, this verse in Ephesians 3 where it says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. The Lord wants to do things that we couldn't imagine. He wants to do things more than we could even think to ask for. And how will he do it? He'll do it according to the power that it's a work in us, the work of the Holy Spirit. And he prays this just before that. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. Lord, we're bowing our knees before you now. And that according to the riches of your glory, you may grant us to be strengthened with power through your Spirit in our inner beings, so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith, that we'd be rooted and grounded in love, and have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, and that we would be filled with all the fullness of God. That's what we pray, Lord, not just right now in this moment, but when we're in our beds at night speaking to you, when we're going throughout our week, we pray that we would be filled with all the fullness of God. We pray for the spirit that works powerfully within us to strengthen us in our inner beings to achieve all that we, we couldn't even imagine or couldn't even ask for. We pray, Holy Spirit, come and fill us this week and on. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Uh, well, if, if you'd like somebody to pray with you, do, do stick around. Maybe ask uh, Rod or I or someone just to s- stick with you and pray. We'd love to do that. Don't feel like we've got to rush. Otherwise, stick around, say hi to one another. And if, otherwise, have a good week. All right.